to another episode of Live Sound Bootcamp. I'm Ryan John. I'm Brandon Draper. And we come back to you with what should be Season 3's thing of questions and answers, but we're already breaking our own rules, you know, on the second episode of Season (laughs) 3, and we're not really directly answering a question that someone has asked on, like, the Facebook group or email or any of those things, but rather... We're answering some questions that have kind of just come up between us and other people recently. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super relevant to what you just came back from. And we're going to talk about being efficient on tour. Effectively, like how you use your time and how to be the most effective with your time when you're on a tour. Yeah. I, I, like I personally just came back from a 12-day tour on the East Coast. And yeah, it, it's, you know, every day you're kind of, fine tuning it a little bit, you know, or, or maybe you're, you have it locked in from the beginning and it's it's just cool to like talk about how people do it differently and, you know, get tips and tricks to, to maximize our time and like not be stressed out and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, what's funny is that, um, you know, recently I've just met up with a bunch of people, just people from Facebook groups or discords or whatever. And I've had this conversation a lot and it wasn't really meant to be that we were going to have this conversation. It was more like, Hey, I'm going out on my second tour ever, or Hey, I'm going on my first tour or my this or that or whatever. And I I realized that I like land in this thing of, Hey man, these are the things that took me a really long time to figure out, but Mm -hmm. now I know them. So do these things. It will help you. Yeah. And, and what's funny about it is that, um, I don't actually think it's very different from small club tours to giant arenas. It's just that when you get to, you know, stadiums and arenas and stuff, you just have more people to do more jobs. Mm -hmm. So things kind of get divvied out in a different way, Mm -hmm. but the idea is still the same. Cause you know, you have these functions that you're trying to do in a particular order, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not really that different. I just think that when you're on small club stuff, you tend to have to do most of it yourself. So it becomes more important that you use your time more efficiently, you know, cause it's only one of you or whatever it may be. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that kind of hits on kind of the important thing on the in-between too, when you're like, let's say uh, this will come up for me in this talk, but like with an opening band where you don't have like a huge crew of people, but it is the bigger, <laughs> a bigger venue and stuff like that. You realize, Oh my God, if I had three other people, they could actually be in different locations. And this place is actually so big that like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if I make a mistake and I need to run back and forth, like my time is done. It's 15 minutes just to get back to stage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The show's over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you have like, oh, you've got a guitar tech who's on stage, you've got a monitor engineer who's on stage. Like you could ask one of them to do a thing that would take you five minutes to walk into and save so much time, you know? So, oh yeah. my gosh, man, that, that reminds me, there's this one artist I work for where, uh, there was one particular song in the set where she'd always be like, entire crew come up on stage and let's jump. <laughs> and, and she'd even, she'd even point at myself and the lighting guy be like, yeah, yeah, you guys, you're coming, come on. And I'm like, it'll take me 15 minutes to get yeah. there from here. I have to like, you know, get through a crowd and all that. But she was like, there was, I think there was one show where I did it where I was like, I oh, can actually nice. make it there. Like there's a path and I can get there. <laughs> just ran down the center. Ran up there, jumped for like, like 10 seconds. And I was like, all right, I got to run back and just That's bolted amazing. back to front of house and, you know, That's did whatever awesome. it was. That's awesome. But, uh, but okay. So yeah. to start this off though, you know, mm-hmm. I want to hear about this tour you just did. So tell me, uh, you know, what were the venues like? Where did it go? How did it come up? Like, you know, all of it. Yeah. So I was, I've been doing sound for this band called Tanuki Chan. They're kind of like a shoegaze 
rock band ish type of thing. And uh, we actually did some big shows this summer opening for this artist, Melanie Martinez, which were like arenas and like half stadiums and stuff like that. So we kind of got prepped a bit on that run, although it was like easier because honestly, that run, we just like left our gear in a pile. They threw it on the truck. We got it the next day. So that was, you know, that was great. But anyway, so that helped us kind of prep for this one. Um, which was opening for these two bands who were kind of co-headlining, um, Alex G and Always. And um, okay. we did uh, we did outdoor theaters and then a few indoor ones. Um, as, as in amphitheaters? Amphitheaters, yeah. Outdoor amphitheaters. Right. And then indoor, I guess, theaters or, yeah, mm-hmm. not all. Yeah. Um, Th- but like seated theaters, for seated, the indoors, right? yeah, mostly seated. The capacity was probably between yeah. like two thousand for the smaller ones, and then like eight thousand for the bigger outdoor ones. Um, nice, yeah. So it was pretty great. We did like uh, Prospect Park in Brooklyn two nights, and then we jumped around to like Boston, Philly, um, Toronto, outside of Detroit, and uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Nice man. So, yeah. so kind of to to jump, I guess, right into the topics that we wanted to talk about in terms of being efficient on tour. Yeah, you know, when when the artist goes, "Hey, we're going to go out and do this tour. You're going to be with us." Mm-hmm. Um, what were like the first steps for you? What were the things where you're like, "These are the things we need to make sure we sort before we go anywhere." Yeah. So for us, you know, it all depends on what your situation is. But for us, kind of, you know, we had budget constraints on this one but the band did want to have their uh their monitors locked in for every show so i kind of coached them through like building a uh an in-ear rack and self-monitoring system so that we could have that basically so that we didn't have to hire a monitor engineer and we would have the time on on site each day for me to just work at front of house rather than dealing with their monitors. Um, so, so so when you say coach them through building it, do you basically mean you built it and you just told them what to buy? Uh, yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) You're just being all nice about this. So, so just let's, well, there was help. There was help. There was help. Okay. We got, we got a, like a 10 space, like flight case, uh, like rack, rack mounted flight Mm -hmm. case. I don't know the brand off top head, of my head. Doesn't but, matter. Doesn't uh, yeah. matter. We, we uh, get the idea. If you really want to know, I can send it to someone. Um, and then we got an M32C, which is like the one unit M32. And, the one, uh, one RU, yeah. Yeah, one RU. And then like a 32 channel stage box to go with it. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also got a, uh, a 32 channel split, like analog okay. split. Um, and, and did that to like the back of the rack? Or was that like a yeah? Thing? They they kind of they it was all in the same rack. I kind of I wanted to do separate racks because it would be easier to just throw them in pelicans and then take them out and set them up. But right. this way we did have them all plugged in. Um, it's on, honestly what that's going to do is save you a bunch of time. Yeah, it did save time. So I think it was the right call. I I was of the mind that this shit is going to be heavy as fuck. And mm-hmm. whoever's taking it to the airport <laughs> by themselves, which I know is going to happen, is going to have to like lift it. We did put casters on it, but anyways. So, <laughs> so like, you have a 10RU rack that has you know an, an M32C uh, stage rack in it, a uh-huh. splitter in it, and uh-huh. I assume a bunch of ears transmitters. Just two, 
So okay, yeah. So so just two mixes. So one RU of ears transmitters, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess you store the antennas in that case somewhere. You store yeah, the packs we, in it. Uh, we I put the packs in my Pelican, but we kind of took a little risk and we didn't get like you know, we just had the little tiny. Uh, oh, the, the little sticks that just mount right on the, the little front sticks or back. that mount on, yep. mount on the the ear rack. So we didn't we didn't really have the budget to to get a combiner and. It probably would have helped a little bit, but we, we got by with it. Okay. It was fine because okay. it, li- it lived literally on stage, like near the, near them. So got it. Okay. It, we weren't worried about that too much. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say they were out of like the splitter with, um, a short tail. So, oh God, so you had like 30 foot of tail or something. <laughs> we had fi- two, it was two 15 foot tails oh, on the God. splitter and we, so the singer of the band did help me. We cut one of them down to about to as short as we needed it. What? And re- so you cut it and then resoldered all the we XLRs? Cut and resoldered all the XLRs. Wow, good on you, man. It was it was pretty fun actually. I just like you know, I, I hadn't really done a soldering job like that. So, before. so was that like bonding time with the singer? Like, hey, yeah, so, yeah, uh, we just, you know, how's, yeah. how's your Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she came over to the shop I work at in the city, and uh, she, uh, we, she helped me do all the prep. So she like, I would like desolder and then hand it to her. She would like cut off the little, you know, cut the cable the jacket, and then yeah. cut the jacket, prep it for so- resoldering. And then the next day, I I came in and resoldered all the that's 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 pretty awesome. So so this ten yeah. RU was this actually flyable weight? Like you could actually fly with it? Yeah, they they did. I they flew out earlier than me, so I didn't have to deal with it, which was nice. Um, I'm, I'm impressed by that. Yeah, I was worried about it. I thought about it when I was going to sleep the night before. Like, like is oh it god, be is, are they just going to say no? Like this this can't fly? Yeah. Or yeah yeah yeah. Um, they used. Like they created uh, media passes. Like this is uh, a tip. This is it, a tip. It. You know, yep. make if you look this up, create a media pass for yourself, and you can make like a fake company, or if you have a company, you know, whatever. Make let's a media n- let's pass. not tell people to do illegal things. Let's tell them <laughs> to do not, it legally. Not illegal. Create a well, media making company. A fake company might be a little bit illegal. Okay. Well, anyways, use your media company and uh, create a press pass for yourself because you are. Mm-hmm you know, moving audio equipment around on planes and uh, you can get a flat rate on most of the airlines with. Yeah. So the gist of that is is that if, if you work in media, uh, I think pretty much every airline, and if it's not every airline, at least most will accommodate Mm -hmm. having, as, as Brendan said, a a flat rate fee for what your luggage will cost. And it could be overweight. It could be this, could be that. And they will not charge you an arm and a leg so it's a hell of a lot cheaper now that doesn't work everywhere because once you're out of the states it doesn't really work that well Mm. but in the states it works pretty darn well so do it in a legal way but yeah be aware that if you have a media pass when you you know go to check in you can show them that and then they charge you a completely different rate that is a hell of a lot cheaper to Mm. you know ship around gear yep yep so okay Uh, so you you built this years rack and yeah Knowing that you are going to go and do some, you know, arena stuff as well as some sheds as well as potentially solo shows in the future. Yeah, so we wanted to have it for the future too because they're going to do another like headlining run of smaller clubs in October. So, was there anything in particular you did to make sure that it would work for those kinds of formats rather than just, um, I don't know, rather than just an arena rig? Like, was there something? 
different you think you would have done if you knew it was uh, only for one of those types? Hmm. I don't think so. I mean, I think this is pretty... Mm, it's pretty close. To, I, I would use it on both, I think. I would use it nice. on both. Yeah. Very nice. So it's it's pretty close to... Yeah, I mean, it, work, it, it works for the bigger places because it mainly works because we just keep it right on stage by the drummer. And... Oh, got it. Track. So, so yeah. what that then means, though, is that all your inputs from stage pin straight into it? That Yes, that is true. That is true. So I guess if I... I'm trying to think of, like, what I would do, like, what I would change if it was a different situation. I mean, like... I'm trying to think. Because it could live on the side of the stage, too, if it needed to live next to the split going to front of house. But it just seemed easier to leave it on stage and have them run a stage box out to us and right. plug it in. No, no, that, and, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think it does work for both those size venues because they're going to have that amount of stage box capability mm-hmm. usually. And then it also is going to work for the small clubs because their stage box is probably going to be right next to where the drummer is. And that's where, you know, it's probably within 15 to 30 feet. Right. And if it's longer than that, they'll have a sub box that they can drop out for you and you pin your splitter output into it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so as you're building this, right, you, you've obviously thought through what your stage plot is. Was there a consideration of, you know, um, how do we make this set up, set up in a way where we can quickly get it on and off in terms of, you know, how you built your input list and stage plot? Uh quickly get it on i mean he i guess i didn't really take into account like the speed of moving it on and off like no i I, I don't i don't mean physically moving this this rack on and off but like i don't know did you did you build a drum loom or something like that that pinned in the first Um, 10 channels or anything like that were there any like pairs of cables that went out anywhere you know that would have been great. There, there is, there was a loom for tra- <laughs> <laughs> <Very> nice. <laughs> um, but we, we didn't really, we couldn't really carry a bunch of cables with us. So we wanted to just rely on the venues to give us cables. And, gotcha. Uh, okay. For this, at least, probably for the smaller clubs, I might attempt to do something like that. Like, and honestly, fair enough. If you're expecting to fly, you shouldn't be flying with yeah, all the cables. Like, right? I didn't want to fl- fly with like fifty to pounds of xlrs in the fucking suitcase right Right, exactly Um, makes sense we did we did make a loom for or we bought a loom for the uh, playback rig which sits right on top of the rack and so we didn't have to like run use house cables individual xlrs for that yeah 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 Yeah. got it so uh, I, i think the reason i ask that is that when i think of building a new show for a tour or mm-hmm. a new engineer going out with an act or anything like that. You yeah. know, one of the considerations is we're doing this as fly stuff where, mm-hmm. you know, like, like what you're describing, we flew to go do these shows, but yeah. it's a slightly different uh, structure when you're like, cool, we're just going to, you know, rehearse here. Then we're going to take all this gear and go in a bus, right. Or mm-hmm. go in a van or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. At which point all those little things like making a drum loom, all of that just makes it so you take less time to totally. get set up right and especially if yeah. you're a support band right you know the headliner gets their yeah. sound check in the morning and to be honest if they run over by an hour you kind of just have to deal with it you just roll with it yeah and and, it, and it's gonna happen you know th- mm-hmm. hopefully they're not a bunch of dicks and, and they're not trying to do that to you yeah. but it will happen inevitably something is going to happen and if they have a technical problem they run over their time 
they kind of are allowed to. That doesn't right. mean it's a good thing, and it doesn't mean that they're happy to do it, but mm-hmm. it's going to happen at some point. So all mm-hmm. the little things you can do to kind of uh, make things faster, like building a loom for your drum kit, right? And a loom, mm-hmm. just for anyone who doesn't already know this, is just a bundle of cables already kind of connected to each other where both ends are labeled. So like yeah. on a drum kit, you might have, you know, kick, snare top, snare bottom, hat, you mm-hmm. know, rack, blah, 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 blah. And on the... um you know, socket end or whatever, um, plug end. I don't remember which one's which now, because uh, I'm so used to saying XLR male and female, but I'm, you know, trying not to do oh, that these there days. Di- oh, that's what, that's, that, there, what that, are, that, that, don't worry about it. But the okay. XLR male, the output <laughs> side of that cable, you know, uh-huh. everything's labeled, you know, kick, snare, yeah. etc. So that when you drop it into the stage box, exactly. you go straight into those holes. Now, that said... I, if you're not carrying your own stage boxes or your stage box isn't labeled, it's not that right. helpful having it say kick, snare, et cetera, et cetera. It uh, should say kick and the channel number it needs to Yes, go the number. That's exactly yeah. what I did for the for our, our split. I put the number because I, I did have to like switch some channels around so it wasn't exactly the numbers that were on the split channel. So I'd put tape over it, put the number, put the channel. That way, if yeah. I wasn't doing it, which I tried to do every night because I want to just make sure it's right so we don't have any sure. problems with like cross-patching or anything like that. Um, anyways, jumping back to the drum loom, mm-hmm. definitely do that if you can, you know, like always do that if you can. If you're like renting a full thing from like Claire or, or anybody, you know, or you can bring your own cables, like amazing helps so the much amount of time speed. it saves is is amazing yeah. Yeah. um but yeah and, you want both ends labeled and you want to put a couple spares in there just in case mm, smart because eventually yeah. one of these cables is going to go out and it kind of sucks to tack another cable to the outside of that loom so it's good yeah. to just have one or two extras in that loom yeah and so yeah for the, label both and, ends and make sure they're the right length blah 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 sorry go ahead right and and for building it e-tape um if you're going to use xlr's just like loose, you can just e-tape them and then mm-hmm. e-tape up until the spot where you leave the XLR and then go to the neck, you know, as you kind of like leave the stage, but the, the male end, you have a bigger, you know, loom that's e-taped together and it gets, it kind of splits out and yep. goes to its different destinations. Just so people like, know like that's how you do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they are incredibly useful. It makes things a little bit easier, especially if, and, and this is kind of to your point, Brendan, like, like, yes, I like pinning up my entire stage, but there are some times where there just isn't time yeah. and the local yep. hands are going to have to help me do this. Right. Exactly. So in order for me to trust them, I want both ends of that cable totally labeled so that they can't yep. screw it up and put them in the yep. wrong place. Yep. So, you know, kick in the other says uh, other side says kick in and it says input one or whatever on it you know yeah so that yeah. one two three it, it all just gets plugged in the other ends are labeled it seems like you know you'd have to be completely ignorant to screw this up mind you yeah. it'll get screwed up at some point but right. <laughs> but and you know you're trying to limit the possibility of it getting screwed up right and the thing about that is like once you're at front of house if there is a problem you can talk to stage and be like it's labeled on the thing like double check that you know and they can look at it and see you know or anyone who's on stage yeah Yeah. um Uh, so yeah looms and and not just for drums i mean you know if you've got two inputs coming from guitar world just loom together a pair and one should say you know guitar left guitar right on the other end guitar left guitar right inputs 11 and 12 or whatever the numbers might be um that stuff is really really helpful 
Totally. And I, I can keep going on this kind of like optimization stuff. Cause now that I think about it, like we had all this shit locked in for th- that bigger tour I was talking about. Cause we mm-hmm. had a, a caddy with stands, cables, drum rug, everything was in there. Um, and this tour, we didn't have that. So I, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I was kind of feeling the like lack of, you know, of that, of those things in terms of our time during soundcheck. Cause the other things you can do to speed things up is, put gaff tape on your drum rug where all the drum kit pieces go right you know and where you want your stage box to land too so that you know your loom is gonna reach all your mic stands yeah yeah on on, around your drum kit um and that way other people can set it up too just by looking at it put tape on the rug and label it um the other thing I did on it, I didn't do this on the last tour, but I've I've seen done is like marking the mic stands with like a, a silver Sharpie at yeah. their length so yeah. that when, when people pop them out, you just be like, yeah, it's to that silver Sharpie on each of the arms and stuff like that. And then you could also, also like labeling your mic stands too, if you're yep. carrying them and yeah. where they go, where they go on stage as well. I was about to say exactly that labeling yeah. your mic stands, you know, usually just gets stuck on the leg. There's a little piece of tape or whatever. And yeah. it says, you know, I don't know, Brian vocal or whatever it might be. And it'll mm-hmm. say Brian vocal stage left. Right. And you know, when you're getting this stuff put together, you're not necessarily the only person building these stands. You know, you might have house hands helping you to do this. So it can be helpful for them to just say, uh, for you to say, hey, pull out all the stands that have blue tape on it. Pull out mm-hmm. all the stands that have, you know, red tape on it, or whatever it might be. And then they can just pull them out and build them. At which point you're not pulling out all the stands that exist. You're just pulling out the ones you need. And yeah. along the same lines, if you're not carrying stands, it is really, really, really helpful to know exactly how many of what you need. So you can, you know, you get into the house, you go, Hey, I need six tall booms. I need three short booms and I need two straight stands with a round base. And then they can, you know, house team can go off and build those for you and just have them waiting for you. All that stuff saves time. I mean, otherwise, if you're like, ah, I think I need two more. I think I need one more. Um, you're just kind of wasting a bit of time. Whereas, you know, you can look at your input list and go, these are the ones that need stands. There's seven of them done, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the pre-build you know, that's so key, especially when you have the space to do it in a venue, like, uh, don't be afraid to like ask the audio team or the hands like, Hey, can I build all my stuff over here on the side of the stage? Like, that's the thing to do. And like ask for power too. So you can plug in your rack or whatever and get every, you know, get your ears channels if you need to do that, that kind of thing. Like, you know, do all the stuff you need. Actually, yeah, to that cool. to that point, you know, mm-hmm. the difference between being support and a headliner, right? Mm-hmm. When you're support, you know, a headliner's doing whatever they're doing, eventually you get access to the stage, et cetera, right? That kind of thing. Right. But in all that time while they're doing their thing, you still have the ability to get way ahead of, mm-hmm. you know, the time you need to be on stage. So yep. that could be getting all these stands from the house crew. It could be building your entire drum kit on the floor or, you know, off stage mm-hmm. somewhere so that it's all already built and everything's already in the right place, but it's just not mm-hmm. on stage. You know, yep. that also means, you know, connecting up your guitar rigs, connecting up your keys, putting them on stands and all that stuff, just being ready so yep. that when you finally get access to the stage, when that headliner is done, mm-hmm. what you're doing is just moving things onto stage and plugging yep. the labeled things into the places where they are. So even if you've got a drum kit, 
if you've got, you know, clamps, claws, like, like, I don't know, 604s that clip on the toms, put them all mm-hmm. there, actually clip yep. them on so that they're ready to go. So that when that kit goes up on stage, all it is, is now let's plug this mic into this cable that is labeled on both ends into that stage box. You know, it makes it way more predictable. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think a big part of thinking about this stuff is taking the thought out of it as much as you can. Right. By labeling, by placing things, all that. And yeah, you have so much to think, especially if you're, you know, as we're saying, like with an opening band and maybe you're doing more jobs than just front of house, like you're helping TM and stuff like that. Your brain is, there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen throughout the day. And you just want to take up less brain space by like making it really stupid simple to like yeah. get the stage set up. Yeah. And, and actually along the, the lines of, you know, brain space and all that, you know, you, if you're in a support position, you've got a headliner that is setting up probably exactly the same every single day, right? You mm-hmm. can leverage them and what they need to do in your own needs as well. So, for example, let's say you brought your own desk, I don't know, an M32, an X32, whatever it may be, an SXL, an SD7, whatever. Um, If the headliner is running Snake every single day and you need to also separately run Snake, that's kind of a waste of time. You should be doing both of those at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. But if the headliner, let's say, is running an Ethernet Snake and they're only using two lines of it, you Mm -hmm. could say, hey, can we give you our snake so that every day when you're running this, you run both at the same time. Yeah. Or, you know, you share a snake. Not, not that I'm saying you should pull, you know, ethernet out of their desk and put into yours, but a lot of these ethernet snakes are four lines. Some of them are two Mm -hmm. lines, you know, some of them are singles, but you can in advance of the tour, even starting saying, Hey, what are you guys carrying for desks? Is there a way that we can find a way to optimize this so that we're not running many things, you know? Man, I think that's that's such a key thing to talk about. Like, if you are in the support position to to ask and actually get in touch with the front of house, the the actual audio team that's with the headliner, and see what you can do to make it easier for yourself. Well, and, a lot, and I mean, easier for them, and easier for them. Yeah, because you're like not taking up more space on the side of the stage, and like you know, doing all these redundant things that could have all been like solved, like. Um, besides, cause I, I was just thinking about this cause I should have done this with the, this smaller tour. I just like assumed I shouldn't have assumed, but you know, one of them was like, Oh, we should have just like rented another like rack and you could have just like had your inputs in there and switched over and used our console. And I'm like, fuck, that would have made this a lot better. Now, now that um, does work until you have to go do a fly date on your own. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean we were going to be with them the whole, for this whole run. No, fair so, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 No, but, I, I didn't mean like our rack. I meant just like a, uh, you know, like a stage, they were using a Digico, like got it. Have yeah, another, you could have just had another Digico set of stage inputs, box. Yeah. Plug into that every night and just use their console. And, and I that guess, I guess to that point, like if you are doing a support tour, just have mm-hmm. a conversation with the headliner because at the yeah. end of the day, they want their day to be easier which also means they want your day to be easier because then just everyone gets along better. And all of that starts from before the first show. It's pre-planning like, well, what are you guys bringing? Oh, you're bringing a giant console and we don't have space for that. Well, we could have had a conversation before this and we would have figured it out. You know, so Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of calling them and, you know, 
having those conversations and finding yeah. if there's a way that you can optimize some of this stuff. You know, very often a headliner doesn't want to share desks with support. That happens a lot. Right. I know that I do it sometimes, but that's also because I have a bunch of external outboard gear that's plugged in and things like that. And if something happens when support's on my desk and it doesn't work for our show, then we don't have a show. You know, like true. The, yeah. these things are important, right? This is why you end yep. up with, you know, three, four, 10 desks at front of house on a festival. Um, right. It's because, you know, it's a reliability thing. You want your yep. show to be fully reliable and you don't want anyone else to be liable for you being able to have a show. Yep. But yep. that said, you know, when you ask to potentially share a desk or things like that, often it's like, cool, yeah, let's do this. One, because it's going to be easier. Two, because maybe they can offset some of the cost of that desk upon the support band. You know, like, hey, well, you know, you guys pay right. X percentage of our weekly rate, and then we can both mm-hmm. use the same desk. So it is beneficial for them, too. They pay less. Yeah. Um, but yeah. all this stuff, it requires a conversation, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, totally worth having that conversation and it could save you so much time like later on. Um, I was going to say though, if you are in the situation where you're like, you do need to use, you're you're not able to share desks or whatever, you do have that time ahead. Like if the headliners are using their consoles and there is a house desk, guess what? You have time if you get to the venue, you know, you have time to build your show on the house console load your scene if you built one or just like have to build it from scratch yep. you've got that time if you show up early enough yeah you know? yeah true true so yeah um because no one's using it okay so so we've now kind of gone through you know before you've left for this tour building some of the stuff some of the things that can make it a little bit easier which includes like wiring the stage your stage plot mm-hmm. your input list that kind of stuff um what about when you get to the venue, what's the first thing you do when you get to a venue? Uh, the first thing I do is find the production manager for the venue. I really thought you were going to say talk. find catering and find coffee. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's a close second. That's a close second. Because they show you where the catering is, They right? do, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they walk you. That's usually where they take you first. They're like, oh, here's catering. Um, unless there's no catering and then you're like, fuck, this is going to be a terrible day. Yeah, but even if there's uh, no catering, there's always going to be some coffee machine somewhere. There's usually, yeah, there's usually a coffee pot by the loadout too. That's true. the loaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Sometimes I feel guilty. I, I look at it and I'm like... Man, can I take a cup of coffee? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to take like you feel like you're not allowed to. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm not allowed to. Um, I'm sure it'd be fine, but yeah. Uh, what's your answer? What's um, the first thing you do? Well, it, it's kind of the same. I mean, you know, yeah. if it's if it's a venue where the production manager is there, great. Just go say hello. If it's a festival, mm-hmm. first person I find is the stage manager for my stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is, kind of goes back to you know getting in touch with your you know, a headliner or whatever, and having the conversation, that's what you're trying to do here. You're trying to lay them up with everything that you're about to come in with and what they need to be prepared for, right? So, yeah, hey, you know, we are, you know, self-contained. We have our own desks. We have our this, we have our that. Or, hey, we're carrying mics, we're carrying desks, but we need house cables, we need house stands. All of these things, the, the sooner you can get this stuff across, the easier the yeah. day becomes for everybody. 
Totally. Um, so yeah, you know, the, the only reason I say it's stage manager for festivals is because you're never going to find the production manager on a festival. Right. They're they're right. in some office that's you know a half mile away from where your stage is, and at the right. end of the day, they're no longer really responsible for what you're doing on your on your stage anymore. Now it's the stage manager. They're the ones who are going to save your day or make your day hard. Right. Um, I have a bit of a thing where you know before we've even gotten to the venue i've already found where the best coffee spot is nearby and hopefully it's within walking distance because are you still are you still using that app uh no it doesn't work anymore it doesn't work anymore no bean hunter used to be a thing and it was great but it it doesn't work anymore (laughs) there is a newer one i can't remember what it's called but it also doesn't seem to have most of the coffee shops but google's gotten pretty good and high-end coffee's everywhere but i go in i'll meet the pm or meet the stage manager and then you know if if the truck is being unloaded and I don't have to be part of unloading it because let's say we've got a bunch of hands or we've got you know our own stage manager or whatever somebody's guiding where things go, yeah. I uh, meet the house front of house. I meet the house monitors. I meet you know house lighting, etc. Write down all their names. Literally write them down. Yes. Write them down and, and, and take their coffee order. I take their coffee order. <laughs> And wow. I, that's my excuse for writing down their name. I'm like, oh, Michael, all right, what do you want? Oh, okay, cool. You want a you know, chai latte? Cool. I got you. I'll be back in 15 minutes. And I leave and I come back with coffees for a bunch of people. It costs me 25 bucks, but I have like the easiest day ever because everyone's like, oh, dude, that dude brought me coffee. This is awesome. Yeah. That's a pro <laughs> pro move right there. <laughs> kind of silly, but it absolutely works, man. No, I mean, imagine sense, being yeah. the house guy and someone comes in like whom you know, you're like, oh, this could be a tough day. But it starts right. with them bringing you coffee. You're like, this is going to be good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna, what are you not going to do for someone who does that? Yeah, right exactly. Off the bat? Exactly. Like, like yeah. people will at least start with a maybe or start with a what do you need versus starting with a no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, okay. So yeah, you you go in, you meet the team, and you go. This is what we're bringing in. And then at that point, you know, if it's, if it's your show, you know, you, you get the stuff all unloaded and you kind of go from there. Um, what's the next thing for you? Um, I guess it kind of depends what my role is, but if like, if it's just me doing sound and not having to worry about the band, um, I guess I'm building and, anything and, I need and to And when build. you say worry about the band, you mean like from a tour managing perspective, right? Yeah, from a tour managing perspective. Like, do they know where the green room is? Do they right, know where to park? Right. Do they know like all this other stuff? Like that kind of do thing. Do you carry um, printed copies of your input list? I didn't because we were so self-contained that it was just uh, like... Fair, fair enough. Seemed pretty dead simple. And, but and they're I just going to patch things that are labeled into other things that yeah. are labeled. Yeah. Yeah, I would have if it was more complicated than that, for sure. Gotcha. Um, Th- that is a I, thing I suggest that most people should do, is yeah, carry your own printed input list. And if your input list changes, at least you got a printed one. You can cross out the three things and like relabel them before you hand it to someone and go, yeah. follow this. It's it's a good idea, too, to have it on hand. A lot of, actually, what I found when I was you know, rolling up, like they'd be like, oh, we already labeled all your channels on the desk for you, which is nice. Love it. But like, unless it's wrong, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> my shit changed between when they got the the rider and when uh, when I got there. Somewhat so inevitable, isn't it? 
yeah it's somewhat in- inevitable that's going to change so yeah there's that um trying to think of like a way to like mitigate that besides just like sending always send updated input lists yeah, beforehand but, so, but, so, you know sometimes tr- you're truth not gonna, is truth is though you know you, yeah. you send it to people they're trying to look at it on their phone it's fucking tiny it's not that pleasant yeah. but if you can walk in with printed copies it's pretty easy and also every single venue has a printer in it so at yeah. some point during the day, you just go, hey, can you print 10 copies of this? I'm going to email it to you. And, you know, you right. use two that day. You bring the remaining eight to the next show, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then the next show and the next yeah. show and the next show, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It is helpful, especially for festivals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I honestly haven't like I'm going to do a festival in in Austin in October. So that'll be what festival is that? Levitation. Oh, damn. I, th- I thought you were going to say Austin City Limits. I'm like, I'll be there. No, damn no, it. not Austin City Limits. That would be. Because that's October as when, well. Is that? Oh, okay. I don't know. It's, my, it's yeah, two different weekends is, in October. I don't remember when it is. It's on my calendar. That's yeah, all my, I know. Mine's the end, end of our, Anyways. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have heard of that oh. festival. I don't remember if I've been there or not, or if I just saw the name on oh. something. But, you know, that'll okay. be fun, man. With the same artist? Same artist, yeah. Cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So let's pretend that the stage has been wired up. Okay. And uh-huh. actually, you know what? Before we get to pretending the stage has been wired up, do you have any particularly efficient ways of using stage hands and house crew while wiring your stage? Like, how do you kind of approach that? Hmm. I usually kind of suss out who is my guy or girl. That's like the one that i want to rely on i don't know if you do this too but like undeniably i do yeah i just like get a feeling from talking to them that like okay this person kind of knows what's up like if they're like oh yeah you've got like your splitter you know if they kind of like know what my stuff is if they they understand it quickly if they understand it quickly and are repeating it to me and like talking about it in a way that like makes a lot of sense and i know they're thinking about it then i'm like okay this is my person who i'm going to for anything and i'm going to have the information disseminate through them because i don't want to like just be like point i mean eventually you know when you get into it you're like talking to multiple people to like do multiple things at the same time um but i usually find that one person who i i think knows what's up and i tell them all the stuff that i need to do on stage and it's somewhat safe to assume that they know the rest of their crew the crew that they're working yeah. with so if you yeah, get exactly. someone on that team to kind of sort everyone else out for you it does mm-hmm. tend to work really well yeah i think it's kind of like you know you're the general and then that's like the lieutenant or whatever however the army works and then it kind of like goes out to all the other people <laughs> yeah, below. I, I, I don't know the order I mean, this of is, things like general <laughs> colonel is current is that even a thing this I, is live sound boot camp but we have no knowledge of military structure none whatsoever yeah um none at all uh, yeah it's funny so i i kind of do the exact same thing you know but also okay. having the physical printed uh input list it, there's, oh, yeah. there's some point where i go hey everybody that's doing audio with us come and have a chat with me and i'll go hey yeah here's the drum inputs you know we do this 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 is this you know i know we've talked about this before in other episodes i don't put hi-hat where most people do i don't do kick snare hat then toms so i do kick snare toms then hi-hat then overheads so that's a thing that people kind of automatically patch sometimes so when i show them this input list i go yep just remember hi-hat's number nine and then it goes overhead house left house right um you know little details like that that i could think might toss someone out uh, you know, knock them off so that they, you know, get it wrong. 
I'll note, yeah. notate those ones and go, yeah, it's this, 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 this. But also we kind of have this little bit of a huddle for just a moment to go, these are the things we're going to do. And then I'll be like, I'm going to put all the mics on the drums. You get them pinned up after they're pinned. And, mm-hmm. and don't worry about the positions. If they're in a little bit of the wrong place, don't worry about it. I just want it pinned. Then I will come mm-hmm. back and I'll make sure they're all in the right place. You know, uh, I'll say, hey, can you get the playback loom pinned in? Can can we make sure that these these four downstage microphones, they're going to pin to the sub box downstage. It's number one, two, three, four from, you know, house left to right. You know, just mm-hmm. a quick, like, um, like spoken overview of what they're looking yeah. at on that paper. Mm-hmm. And then I say, go and just let them go. And then while they start doing that, you know, maybe I've got the drum mics up and I'll just go out to front of house and start building the desk, you know, with a general trust that they're doing the right thing on stage, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think I was a little less trustful on this tour. I, I was like mostly on stage and I, I kind of positioned myself at the, by our rack and by the stage boxes they brought out to, to pin to mm-hmm. so that I, I was like pinning and that took me a while because it was like almost 32 channels. Um, and uh, I could see, I was like near the drum kit, which is where, where like all the action was happening. So I could see like, you know, what people were doing with pinning the mics and then on the other side of the stage. And so I would be pinning the the stage box and then kind of watching from the corner of my eye, like, okay, this person's doing that. And if someone's like not doing something or someone has a question, I could like easily direct them. And, and to actually s- to go, similar, you know? similar to that, sometimes if it's not, you know, crazy input or, you know, smaller gig, smaller place, whatever, I kind of place myself at the stage box too. And I'll plug the end into the uh, stage box and then hand them the other mm-hmm. end and go, take this to the base. You know, like yeah. this is the base DI. Yeah. And then, That's you know, smart. plug yeah. the next one in, hand it in. This is the guitar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, SM57. This is the guitar, right. you know, insert whatever, you know. So you're kind of in control without having to do it all. And also often that little stage box or the sub box or whatever is in a bit of an inconvenient place. So, you know, right. you kind of have to pin it in and then climb over, you know, two guitar amps or something to kind of get out to where these things are going. So it can be mm-hmm. helpful to have someone at the stage box side and someone kind of at the other side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, definitely. So, so that, can that, help. that makes sense. That makes sense for for you or, or us to do do the pin to the box. Right. Because like that's that's where you're going to mess it up. Right. Usually. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's assume this is all pinned up and, you know, we're, we're moving on beyond that. What is the next thing you do with your day? I guess if I'm just going to say, like, what I did on this run. Well, since we, we, had we can monitor- talk about what you did and then we can talk about theoretically what you what. would do. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, um, I guess if I had a monitor engineer, I'd be like go like go through the imp- you know uh, actually i'm trying to think what i would do well so, i kind of well, like to well so here's the thing here's the uh, thing yeah, that's a benefit here's the thing that's a so benefit much, though yeah. of having some of the stage you know the house folks do your patching because during that same time you can do scanning for frequencies you know or you can be yeah. like you know now i've got the front of house desk up let me put pink noise through it let yeah. me listen to some music yeah. while things are being yeah, pinned on yeah, stage yeah. so your hope is that you can trust them well enough to do this but it's not actually about right. trusting them well enough it's about giving them enough guidance that they can do it without you having to babysit do you know what i mean right yeah yeah definitely and yeah those those other things are super important for you to do like because I mean, that's, they're kind of high responsibility things. Like if, they're if, high if, the, responsibilities, frequencies, if yeah. the frequencies for your ears are, are no good and full of noise, well, then your artist can't yeah. perform. 
that's you that's that's on you yeah if if yeah and if your routing is all fucked up on the console like that's that's on you no one else is going to fix that except for you and check that and make sure it's all correct and and those Um, are also the things that are a little bit more personal to your setup versus plugging microphones into a stage box they do this every single day right you know so every single day they're plugging some mics into some stage box based on some input sheet that's given to them or something that they're told this is also Mm kind of why i like doing the printed sheet i don't need to babysit as much if i go just follow the sheet that makes a lot of sense and my hope is that if i don't need to babysit that then i've freed myself up for the stuff that is way more specific to our show you know the the things that are like uh you know wireless frequencies or you know i don't know pa tuning or even just you know routing i have inside my desk things i know i need to sort out whatever that kind of stuff the stuff that like Mm -hmm. they can't do but only i can do totally um is there any other things besides the 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 things we just listed off that that you do every time i mean i guess depending on if you're carrying your desk or if you're not carrying your desk um let's see is there anything else that i do uh not really but i i definitely even write my stage uh plots and input lists in a way where everything goes into boxes that are close to it you know Mm -hmm. and it might not be in the order i actually want to see it at the desk so for example Mm -hmm. it could be you know stage right guitar input one stage right guitar input two stage right keyboard left stage right keyboard right stage right you know guitar vocals stage right guitar talk back stage right keyboard vocals stage right keyboard talk back um you know stage right acoustic whatever it may be it's everything that's on that side even if i on my desk want to see my talk backs all the way at the end if mm. i can make it easier for someone to patch it up because mm. they're all kind of in the same area it's less likely for them to screw it up yeah. And and that's not me I mean, saying that, you know, people aren't good at what they do, but like if you can remove sure. all the opportunities for someone to screw this up, then it's less likely to get screwed up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas totally. whereas if I stuck my stage rack uh, uh my, my talkbacks all the way at the end of the input list, what that then means is that they're plugging into some sub box that's, you know, near the guitar player, but then they have to do a cross patch on the other end of that. Right. Meaning, you know, yeah. the stage right sub box might be, you know, guitars and then keys and then vocals and then some talkbacks, mm-hmm. but that might be in the actual splitter. I don't know. Inputs 11 through 17 and then 21 right. and then 29 and then 32. <laughs> and once you start right. doing things like that, that are nonlinear, you're just introducing yeah. opportunity for someone to mess it up and they're not going to do it on purpose. Totally. It just, it just happens. Sure. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I don't. Uh, I don't know. In medium-sized clubs, you don't see that that often. Uh, people just doing it in the location order rather than like keeping it rigid to well. Their actual l- let's be real. Yeah. If if you're at a, yeah. if you're on a digital desk, the soft patching mm-hmm. is so easy. Yeah that there's yeah. no reason to force someone to do this in a crazy order. And I, I guess I say the soft patching is so easy. There are some desks that do patching, I don't know, in blocks of eight, which makes it a lot less easy. Well, yeah. <laughs> but again, if your goal is to reduce the risk for the people that don't know it well and put the risk upon yourself, then that's still the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because then it's like, cool, I know that that's a talkback in between guitar and keyboard lines or something like that. But at least yeah. I know everything is patched correctly because on stage, it's just right. in order. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, because y- y- you can't blame a stagehand for getting it wrong, but you can blame yourself for, I don't know, unmuting talkback to house. That's that's on you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. okay. okay. So scanning frequencies and stuff, let's not dive neck deep into that, but, um, no. you know, cause that, that is a whole episode in itself. And I think we did an episode on this previously, but we should definitely do another one yeah. again with someone who's, you know, an expert in, you know, RF and workbench and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So, and we told, we totally are treating this like we're front of house too rather than monitors, but it's, it's almost the same. I mean, it's, it's pretty close to well, the same. Everything we've talked about yeah. so far is yeah, everything we've talked about so far. Yeah. It yeah. is both. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the next thing that I find to be the most valuable thing for someone that is kind of new to this to get quick at and good at is managing the PA. And mm. it's because when you're doing, especially low and mid-level touring, uh, what you're going to get from day to day is going to be vastly different. You know, low yep. level touring, you can go into a room that's like, I don't know, a bunch of DNBV series. Great. Awesome. And then the next day it's homemade boxes. And, yeah. and the difference between those two is huge. So mm-hmm. getting good at understanding, um, what the PA is capable of and what you're able to change in it is hugely hugely valuable and a lot of that comes Mm. from just from experience from doing this a lot but there are Mm -hmm. tools and methods that you can use to quickly get yourself into a place where you feel at least reasonably comfortable what do you feel like is the bare minute like like if let's say we let's take smart out of the picture and all that like especially if you don't have time like what are you doing to the pa to like check it and like get to a place that you like uh pink noise sent to the left Pink noise sent to the right, they should sound the same. Okay. And if they don't, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you hear it, 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 in, when you hear a case where something is wrong, the hardest mm-hmm. part is understanding what you can do to fix it. Th- mm-hmm. That is actually the hardest part, right? But often the tools you have are, I can do EQ, I can maybe add some delays and that's about it because in some Mm -hmm. of these scenarios you don't have full access to the entire system processor so you can't actually kind of dismantle what's happening there right but you know from a bare minimum send pink noise to the left send pink noise to the right first does it sound like pink noise second do the two of them sound about the same and to be honest you should learn what pink noise sounds like um yeah yeah and I, i know that sounds like a weird thing to say but when you hear pink noise that's really dull, you should know that it sounds like pink noise that's really dull. When you hear pink noise that's really yeah. bright, you should know that it's pink noise that's really bright. You don't need to go, oh, I know that's exactly 5K and it's a little bit, you know, like like two and a half dB up. You don't need to do that. Right. You just need to know that this is not what pink noise normally sounds like. And then from there, you know, make some quick moves to kind of figure out where you want to go next because this is all about optimizing the amount of time you have. Mm. And, you know, what does it take? Five seconds to pink left and right? That should be your absolute bare minimum. And at that point, you should have some idea of what the PA is going to be able to do. And also subs, front fills, all that stuff. Um, I do not concern myself anywhere near as much as people seem to talk about with aligning the time of mains and and, and subs. It's, it's, yes, it can be a little bit helpful, but it is never going to make or break Mm. your show, ever. Mm. Interesting. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, yeah, you you should spend some time to do that, but only if you have the time, right? If we're talking about Mm -hmm. like, you know, minimal time, um, Mm -hmm. you want to get as much out of that time as possible. And that is things like making Mm -hmm. sure left and right sound the same, making sure Mm -hmm. if there's any fills, like in balconies and things like that, making sure those also sound similar so that you can make sure the show is, you know, 
the most the same for as much of the audience as you can. Uh, that was right. such bad wording of what I was trying to say. <laughs> no, that, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then uh, I totally lost my train of thought for what I was going to say. Um, uh, the Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's say you have a very short period of time. Yeah. Pink left, pink, right, pink subs, uh, et cetera. Pink front fills. Make sure everything's actually coming out the right place. Make sure, you know, left and right sound the same, et cetera. Right. Now, if you are carrying a desk and you are carrying a desk that has any capability to do virtual sound check, you should play your show through the PA. There's no mm-hmm. reason to play something off an iPod or anything yeah. like that. When you have the ability to play your show through the PA, because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters that it sounds good is that your show sounds good. Right. Um, so why not start there? Um, or start with playing some music just to make sure you're comfortable with it. Okay, cool. Frequencies overall sound decent, but mm-hmm. jump quickly to playing your own show. Make, you know, make a little loop in your DAW or whatever of one chorus and start with something simple. Start with just the drums, then add in the bass, then add in the guitar. And you can make your tweaks on the show itself or on the PA itself to try and get this to work really well on this system. So that hopefully then when, you know, your band is ready, you know, uh, then then it sounds similar. But also while you're doing this, hopefully the stage is being pinned or if the stage mm-hmm. is just finished being pinned, maybe monitors is still getting frequencies or things like that are happening. You don't need to be doing this while the band is on stage period mm-hmm. mm. and do you preferably not want to do it when they're on stage yeah well i mean they I, don't, you don't want you don't want them waiting around and you don't also don't want them being like oh we sounded like shit last night or something well like yeah that. that's kind yeah. of the thing is that like if my band is yeah. there i want to hear them period yeah if they're yeah. not there i can do stuff with other things um mm-hmm. so if if they're not there yet and you know for some reason we're not ready to do line check yet uh, you know, maybe someone's going and changing strings or something like that, or people are changing drum heads, you know, then I can do virtual and it's not a waste of my time. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm you know, making the show as a whole and, and optimizing mm-hmm. the PA, you know, to make the, all this stuff work better together. Right. But if you're in a scenario where you are low on time, don't do virtual. Make sure your actual inputs come up and make sure that mm-hmm. they work. Mm-hmm. And once you've got right. that, cool. If you still have some time, do virtual. Um, recently I did this. Oh, so bounce, Sorry, bounce back to virtual. Yeah. You can bounce back You're to saying, virtual. Uh, okay. So recently I did this show where I was covering for a band where their engineer kind of bailed on them last minute. So hmm. I came in and, you know, built the show file for front of house from scratch on the morning of a festival. <laughs> um, literally a from scratch. This, this is one of those moments actually, Brendan, where I was, I was trying to text you. I'm like, dude, how do I make this thing work on an M32? But there was no reception <laughs> oh. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in this field. So I couldn't even do that. Uh, so instead I was like, I was oh, tapping no. the shoulder of like other dudes being like, Hey man, do you know how to do this? <laughs> it was, it was quite funny. Cause I was like, dude, I've been doing That's this for funny. ages, but I cannot figure out yeah. how to do anything. <laughs> Anyways, That's amazing. but you know, the time scale of what we had available to us was so tight that basically I was like, look it, I know ears are kind of okay. So why don't you guys yeah. just play a single chorus? Just play. And I just yeah. had them play, you know, a bit of a song and I recorded it to uh-huh. virtual. And then I was oh, like, cool, shit. I know all my inputs are here. All right, cool guys. Fuck off. Go have lunch. You know, enjoy. Just don't worry about it. I got this. And then I spent the next couple hours just building the show from the virtual playback. Oh wow! In, Which is totally backwards of what you normally the, do. No, no, no! I did it through being headphones. Able to, 
Yeah, through headphones. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, yeah. There was like other bands playing during the day. It was crazy. But that's backwards of what you normally do. But it was sure. my way to make my artists show up, knock out their bit that they needed to do, and then leave. Yeah. They were like fully yeah. confident. They're like, cool, man. He's got this. Everything's good. Because when we came up here, yeah. it was smooth. We knocked this stuff out, yeah. and then we went on. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. just like that, that the 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 feeling of like it's all gonna be fucking taken care of like as long as you know it's gonna be taken care of like don't like lie to anybody but like yeah of course do the thing so that you can take care of it and like have them not worry about don't worry about it it's gonna be fine yeah you know i mean yeah exactly like to your point do not lie to them about it but at the same time find your way to make sure nobody else um you know is has their time wasted and make sure yep. nobody else feels uncomfortable about what they're about to get into, right? And in this case, making yep. sure that these guys got through soundcheck really quickly is what allowed me to get them to feel really comfortable and safe. They were like, cool, we got this. Yep. It's going to be great, you know? Yeah, I think that's 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 so key. Like, making sure the band feels good at soundcheck. And I, I had a couple moments on this tour where, like, there was something that wasted our time, and I felt so bad about it. Like, not that... It, it it wasn't a big deal for them, but like, you know, a technical issue that came up on one show where I could only do like half of a sound check. Right. And, you know, they're opening, they are already kind of getting shafted on the sound check. Like, and then this thing uh, is made coming it even up. worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It made it even worse. And everything was fine in the end. Like, I was like, I've got everything. It's just like a grounding issue on one channel. Well, you, I'm going to fix it. You know, it, you know actually to that like, point, even when doing things yeah. like line checks and, and sound checks, when we're going through in, individual lines, if we find something that has noise on it, I'm like, cool, let's note that that has noise on it. Let's move on. And while we're moving on, get one of the house you know, yeah. folks to, to, to flip lifts and change a cable or whatever so that yeah. you can move through it, everything else and make sure that you haven't run into more problems. And then you come yeah, back to that try, one thing that's a problem. Yeah, try and do that as much as you can. For me, it was a buzz on the lead vocal so it was a bit of an uh, issue gotcha. with me yeah so it was more of a deal but yeah that's totally good advice to just keep keep moving on if you can with the yeah with, the, with what you're doing yeah so so to that point i mean you know i don't want to jump into things like you know using smart or anything like that but i see huge value in being able to have something that allows you to make sure you have consistency day in and day out right our ears mm-hmm. are hard to trust after you do things like i don't know flights or after you've done six mm-hmm. shows in a row it's a little bit harder to fully trust that you're hearing things correctly if you've been in front of loud things for many days in a row. So things like smart or frequency analysis tools get really valuable then because you can go, you know what, this feels really dull to me. And then you look at smart and you're like, nope, does not measure dull. It's just my ears are a little (laughs) dull today, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and and cool. before we move past the whole sound check thing, I actually want to poke at something that I feel like gets skipped a lot. There's a huge difference yeah. between line check and sound check right? And I actually mm-hmm. love the idea of separating this into two things. Line check mm-hmm. is to make sure the line works, period, and that it's clean. Yep. Sound check mm-hmm. is to make sure the sounds that are coming through that line sound good, mm-hmm. right? Or sound accurate or whatever. Sound like they're supposed to sound. When you're at sound check time, it's usually either your text performing or it's your artist performing. And hopefully, mm-hmm. by the time you are at sound check, You've already checked the lines and you've solved the problems. So, yes. you know, as soon as things are pinned in, I like to be like, hey, can we tap everything? 
and I'll put headphones on, cue up, kick in, someone taps it, cool, shows up, I don't hear any distortion, it's quiet, whatever, but it's fine. Then they tap kick out, then they tap snare top, you know, whatever. But at least that way, I'm not making the artist ever wait if something didn't show up, because hopefully we're doing this before the artist is actually there. Totally. Yeah. Um, That's... Yeah, it, it's kind of back to what we were just saying. Like, you want to give them confidence. And in order to do that, you need to make them feel like everything is always working all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Walking on stage and having a bunch of tech issues is like the absolute worst way to start off. And, and, and truth is, sometimes, some day, days it's going to happen, yeah. though, where like, oh man, this yeah, is gnarly sure. buzz. And if that's happening, you know, call up your tour manager or call up whoever's with the artist and say, hey, hold them off for another 15 minutes. Tell them to go eat lunch. Don't let right. them come on stage right. while you're in the middle of solving this if you have the ability to kind of knock them off for a few minutes just so that then when they come, everything works perfectly. It makes everyone yeah. feel confident, makes everyone feel good. It's it's just a better way to work things. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what about your time between soundcheck and show? What do you do? I usually eat because I need food <laughs> after all that energy <laughs> expenditure. I mean, that's the, that's the right <laughs> I, answer. I, I gotta take care of yourself. I got to eat. Take care of yourself. You got to eat, you know, if you need to eat something, have, have drink water, you know, I think that's a big one. Yeah. For I try sure. and drink a bunch of water. Um, you know, and then if we get into like the technical stuff, double check ears are all good, especially if you're on monitors, um, you know, tune guitars, that kind of thing. If you're doing that yep. too, or if you, you know, if you need more time at the desk and you have it and you're able to, and you have your virtual playback, then play it back and listen to it and yep. on headphones and all that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, and yeah. also, if you had run into any problems that happened during line check or any of those other periods of time, this can be a time for you to maybe relabel the cables that, you know, you had to swap out or things like that. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things. It's very easy to be like, cool, we solved the problem. Let's move on. And then the next day you're like, wait, what did we do to fix that? You know, because you haven't actually yeah. really gone through and like relabeled it or remarked it or whatever. So instead you're plugging things back in the same way they were labeled and you're like, oh no, it's still broken. What did we do? Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the important thing is take care of yourself in that time. You know, if you're really tired, yeah, go, yeah, actually go take a nap, put on an alarm take and a go nap, take yeah. a nap, drink some water, have for some sure. food, have some time for yeah. yourself where you can kind of get back into a collected calm state of like, I'm ready for the show. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, do anything you can to get there and be so what, be ready, you know. So what about right before the show? Do you line check again every time? Uh, not usually. I'm I'm usually Oh, I guess if, you know, it depends. It depends again. Like if I'm the middle bander, I'm if there was a changeover or something like that, then yes. Absolutely. So basically, if anything's um, been unplugged, you definitely check if anything that's been, been unplugged. unplugged or moved. Yes, definitely. Definitely line check again. Um, for me, I usually double check ears and I walk around the stage with ears on, check all the mics that are supposed to go to that artist's ears and uh, walk around a little bit too. So I make sure there's no drops or pops or any RF. And, and that time in between sound check and show is also the time to swap all your batteries on everything. Yeah, batteries, um, battery swap. Don't, yeah. don't, don't waste, or don't risk the show itself to save a dollar fifty on batteries. 
yeah. change it before the yeah. show every time. And then if you still got battery left in that, leave those same batteries for sound check. Leave them in, leave them in for sound yeah. check. And then time. run yeah. out the rest of that during sound check and then swap it right before show again. And also exactly. I've, I, I've, I've learned that some of these wireless things and, and battery powered things, sometimes uh, even brand new batteries can be kind of funny. So when you put new batteries in, turn it on and leave it on for like at least 30 seconds just to make sure that battery meter doesn't go back down. There have been a couple oh. instances where like, I don't know, we bought really cheap batteries instead of nice ones or whatever. And I put it in and right away it shows full, but I don't know, 30 yeah. seconds later, it shows like only one bar out of three. I'm like, cool, oh, wow. let's toss those ones out. <laughs> so yeah, just leave it on for just a little bit of time just to make sure everything stays good. And as Brendan said, you know, some walk of, things. Yeah. Some of those rechargeables, like the lower end ones, they do show like a low, they, they like take off one bar right away. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but like, yeah, I've seen that, like but I mean, show... even non-rechargeables, there's been some instances where you've taken them right oh, out of the okay. box and they're not actually like fully loaded. Oh, wow. But again, you know, that's... if it, if it's a, a buck yeah. 50, two bucks, whatever for new batteries, yeah. if it means you have a show versus, you know, your, your stuff goes out in the middle of the show, it's absolutely worth spending on. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, cool. So we've line, um, we've line checked stuff again. Um, I also, you know, I, I tend to line check everything if we have the time, but that works better when you've got, you know, someone on stage and a tech and all that, because it's easy. But when, you know, yeah. you're a one person yeah. crew or even a two person crew, it's a lot harder to kind of go through that that way. But anything yeah, that's been I mean, unplugged like, I, 100% of the I time. I guess if, if your artist is on ears and it's just you, you can walk on with the ears and right. line check that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. as long as the, the signal is going to their ears. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So showtime happens. Um, one thing that I think everybody should have a conversation about before the start of the show is, is how does the set start? Who calls yes. the start of the set? And it. when it happens, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to take down house music immediately? As house lights going to go down at the same time? That should be a conversation that should happen before the actual start of the show. Sometimes that yep. stuff doesn't happen until the show's about to happen. And everyone's like, wait, who's going to call this? Like, how's this going to happen? <laughs> and, and when I say sometimes, I mean, that happens way more often than it should. A lot of times. And then it's like the artist walks on stage, house music cuts immediately. And you're like, okay. And then, crickets, then there's just crickets, silence crickets. for 30 seconds, which feels like an hour. And then like something's wrong with their guitar. And, and it's you hear like, like oh, bling, shit. Bling, bling. or like someone's tuning, you know, with the mute <laughs> off, tuning, you yeah. know, stuff like that. God damn it. That is a conversation yeah, worth having with whomever's on stage, be it, you know, house stage manager or house audio or, or your own stage manager yeah. or your own artist. It should be a thing where you've orchestrated. Cool. When you, you know, I don't know, flash a flashlight at me. That means, you know, in 30 seconds, take down house music, you know, or whatever it may yeah. be. And, you should also know when you're going to open up the live inputs to the PA versus house music. Right. Because there's some artists that I've worked with where um, house music goes down, the band goes up, but the wireless vocal that the singer is holding off stage stays muted because the singer is just kind of checking their own ears and going la 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 la, like, and that. Right. And you don't want that going through the house. No. So, you know, no, no, no. you might open up the band and then wait till they physically walk on stage to put their mic up. But right. these are things that, that you need to have a conversation about. Sorry, go ahead. Brian. Also, like, yeah, in addition to that, if they're going to start 
talking into the mic off stage and they do want the audience to hear it i've seen that happen yep. too and there needs to be communication to let them let let front of house know when that mic should be live yeah yeah so you just need to know exactly how that's going to work and that conversation should also include what happens at the end of the set so the yeah. moment they finish yeah. their last song you need to have a good idea of whether they're doing an encore or not and if the answer is you know they're not then put up house music and it's also in my opinion best to have a chat with the artist about like is there any songs you don't want to hear after your set or is there a particular song you want to hear after your set mm -hmm. uh, i feel like artists don't get asked that very often because when i ask it they're like what i can pick this is awesome and then they'll pick like their oh, favorite yeah. song for right after the set and yeah I mean, and it's cool it makes people feel good yeah 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 especially if you know if you are working a house gig or I, I guess we're talking about touring anyways never mind doesn't matter even um, a house gig. Yeah. And also like sometimes, you know, if you're not doing the music in between sets, you can talk to the house people and be like, Hey, if you're using a Spotify playlist, can you like, <laughs> actually, this is, this is a good thing to check before too. like turn off <laughs> my artist from being played, especially right. if it's going to be a random playlist, yep. you know, yep. you don't, you don't want, want the songs you're about to play to, to be in the playlist played yeah. in the house music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good point. But yeah. End of the set too. You want to have a kind of, understanding of when the last song happens how long do i let you guys stand on stage and bow and you know throw guitar picks out and when do we pull up yeah. the house music because the answer might be right. immediately or the answer might be just wait mm -hmm. till we walk off the stage and once they walk off the stage mm -hmm. you bring in the house music um i have a tendency to only play one song i play one song and then i fade it out slowly and then i just turn all my stuff off because i want to leave sooner you know yeah that's that's what i've seen on most tours recently is you know one song and then the night is done everyone get out <laughs> you know yeah um so, okay so yeah. let's assume show went fucking stellar let's talk uh -huh. loadout um what is your first priority ask... as soon as you're done with your show well sorry you were gonna ask something now, go ahead i was gonna ask you because i know you i is your first thing get all the mics off stands absolutely into your case okay yeah that's what I've made my priority as well. And I remember when we did some shows together, like you were super adamant about that. And I experienced almost losing part of a mic on this tour, finding it. Ah. But like, See, so now you know why I was, I was so adamant about this now years I know, ago. Yeah. I know, now, yeah. I was like, yeah, Ryan was right. The, the, Get the fucking mics off the stands. And yeah, it's hard too when you're just front of house and like, it's going to take you at least a minute to get to stage or two or five. Well, so, so <laughs> and like, given that actually, and to that exact point, I tell yeah. the guy standing right next to me, you know, the front of house tech or, or the house front of house, yeah. you know, guy or girl, I always go, Hey, we're going to have this one song play. This is the fader right here for the music that's playing. Um, at yeah. the end of this song, give me a slow fade out. And I walk away. Right. And I've already saved my files. So it doesn't matter if they mess with things at that point. Like it's already saved. Um, right. And I walk away right then so that while that first song that's playing now, mind you, I also have a radio and I go, Hey, there's definitely no way we're doing an encore. Right. <laughs> just, just a triple quadruple check. Definitely not. Right? right. And they go, no, 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 definitely no encore. Cool. All right, cool. And then I tell, you know, house person, cool. At the end of the song, give me a slow fade out. And then I go straight to stage. Now, I don't even try and get the right bags and cases for the mics. I just, right. you know, flip yeah. open my Pelican on the floor there. And I just take, you know, pull the cable. Uh, mind you, uh, as soon as the band's done, all the inputs are muted. 
So let's let's make that really clear. As soon yeah, as they're done, yeah. mute, mute, mute. Um, but then I, you know, go up on stage. I just unplug the mic, unscrew it from the stand, throw it into my box. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. And I always start with the drum kit because hands always go to the drum kit first to break it down. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when there are mics on drums, they tend to just put them down wherever. And when they yeah. just put them down wherever, your mics or the ones you've rented, you know, they can disappear. Um. <laughs> And it's not that anyone's intentionally trying to steal your stuff. I mean, sure, there's probably a scenario where that happens too, but it's that they're trying to get something in a case quick so that they can go home. And when they're trying to get something in a case quick, they just take the mic off and put it down wherever they're standing. So Mm -hmm. that's why I go to the kit first, get off all the ones that someone might miss the kick in, you know, someone might just pick up that kick drum and walk away with it. The The, the ones that are clipped on Tom's. Those need to come off immediately, especially if there's things like claws. People will walk away with claws attached and stuff. Take those off immediately. Uh, the overheads, people tend not to just walk away with those because all they're going to do is take them off the riser and put them down. So you don't need to do those ones yeah. first. Do the ones that are attached to pieces that you know need to go into cases first. Yeah. This is this is tricky when you're the opener, too, because that shit's coming off the stage. Oh, it goes fast. Immediate. It goes fast. So fast. And I mean, I don't know what you can, you can tell them beforehand. Like, Hey, don't take the, I think I did say this a yeah. couple times. Like, don't take the mics off the drums. Yeah. Take the drums off the stage. Leave all the mics on the drums, yep. please. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've had exactly that conversation before too. I'd be like, look at pull yeah. the XLR out of it and then just take the whole thing and drop it over here. Yeah. And then at that yeah. point, again, it's the same thing for me. I just open up my case and I'm just taking things and throwing yeah. it into the case. Later, after yeah. I know I have all of it, I'll go through and put them all in the right bags. Exactly. Because it's, 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 it's almost like the person who's, you know, doing the changeover between bands and is wrapping cables while standing on stage. You're kind of like, don't do that. Just get them all gone and then wrap them somewhere else where you're not holding up right. the other band. So it's the same right. scenario. You yeah. want to get the stuff off stage as fast as possible. But then mm-hmm. after that, um, you want to actually put it away properly. Now, mind you, if you're yeah. doing this in a time where, you know, the change over time isn't super long, you know, you might have house lights go out on you and the next band starts while you're casing this stuff up. And if that's the sure. case, it can be super helpful to have like a flashlight or something like that with you. Yes. Or, you know, these days all the phones headlamp. have a flashlight on it. A headlamp would be a million yeah. times better. Yeah, that kind of thing. Because there's yeah. many scenarios we're going to be ending up doing this in the dark. Definitely. In, in Definitely. the dark, yeah. in a really loud place because the band has started. In a what? Wait, so, say that again. In I'm the dark, in a really loud environment because the band, the next oh, band has yeah. already started. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So then at that point, yeah, you know, get all your stuff cased up and get it appropriately accounted for. Make sure everything is accounted for. But, you know, again, you're trying to get stuff off stage for as fast as you can first and then actually clean it all up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Do you have any, any additional um, points to kind of throw in there? Um, no, I think that's... I think that's it on that. Like, get it off. Get it off as fast as you can. And yeah, don't bag up all your mics individually like when you're trying to tear things down like just throw them in your case and do it later i i'm actually curious if anyone else has like solutions for that like i mean you could have like cutouts in foam and like just shove all the mics in there yeah um which i guess they do when you like rent them and stuff like that but like it kind of takes takes up a lot of space like in a small pelican and and, and the thing is i i even have a a 
fly pelican for that with cutouts cut in like laser cut into foam but okay. even then when i'm taking stuff off stage i just throw it into the case and then i put just it into the, the it. cutouts yeah. later because even if it's an extra yeah. five seconds per mic i don't know 30 mics it's minutes you know it's it's just yeah. it's not the right place to spend that time right um so yeah get it off as quick as possible i don't even care about the front house desk at this point especially if it's you know if it's a support gig i don't care because there's so much other stuff that needs to get sorted before that's going to go away the crowd needs to be gone before that desk can be rolled through anyways so Mm -hmm. yeah it's going to sit there yeah so it's going to sit there anyway so i'll just come up after and you know after the mics and stuff are away the things that can get lost and can disappear after those are away Mm -hmm. i go up and i'll sort out the desk right right yeah if you didn't for some reason save your file like right at the end of the show or last song or something like that you could go back or i just tell the house engineer if i need to you know i'm coming back after i tear down the mics and i'm gonna save my file and go yeah you know if i'm using the house desk yeah yep yeah fair enough um yeah so what about loadout anything anything to note i guess one tip is if if you're on a smaller crew or it's just you in the band like fucking have a checklist of stuff when you're leaving yeah and go through it that's valuable in the car that's that's what we did on this tour after something got you know someone's backpack got left behind and we had to double back which sucked um i just made a checklist of all the gear oh i think my airpods might have gone out oh ryan can you hear me yes oh, yes can i can you hear me yeah okay okay great um just a verbal checklist and then whoever saw that piece of gear says yep i saw it go in the truck or the van and uh yeah at least for a smaller crew and smaller amount of gear that was super helpful yeah hugely valuable and and also like somewhat along the same lines you know even on mid-size larger crews that kind of stuff um be responsible for your own stuff so if your audio make sure your console is you know goes in the truck you don't necessarily need to be the one to push it in but you know you get it lined up and ready but if it doesn't end up in the truck there's only one person that actually is responsible for that at the end of the day and it's kind of you so Mm -hmm. just be there when it goes in um be there when your you know pellies with mics go in be there when your snake trunk goes in um you know there are certain scenarios where you can trust someone else to do it but they need to know that you know, there's six cases they are going in and where they're going and, you know, what it is, et cetera. So just make sure that you are responsible for your own stuff. And that goes, goes for your own personal stuff, like your backpacks and all those things too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I walk away from front of house, I always do take my backpack with me um, because, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's going to steal my console, but like with, you know, thousands of people streaming out of the venue, always leaning over yeah. and going, hey, can I have a set list in front of house? Like that kind of thing. I'm like, cool. I don't want to ever leave my backpack there just in case. So I take that with me up to stage and usually I actually just drop it straight in the, um, uh, like the production office or something like that right after I take all the mics. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes up with me. Right. But one thing that gets missed a lot and... It, <sighs> this is nuance. It's small. It's not a big deal, but like, to me, it's kind of a big deal is if you finish your stuff before any of the rest of your team, either you help them or Mm -hmm. you go somewhere else. Do not mill around on stage and not be helping. Mm. And definitely Mm. do not mill around on stage, drinking a beer while the rest of your team is still working on their stuff. Don't stand there drinking a beer while the lighting guy is taking down seven or 10 towers. You know, that lighting guy or girl, it's like 
fuck you for standing there and watching. It's just not fair. Yeah. That's not saying you have to help yeah. them because, you know, maybe that's not within your purview. Maybe, maybe they don't want the help, whatever. Maybe you don't want to do it. That's kind of okay. Cause you've done your job, but don't be the person that stands there drinking a beer, watching them do the work. It is just mean. And that, that's not Man, just for I, your own team. That's also for house crew. Do not stand at the truck standing there drinking a beer while the, while the house team is pushing stuff in. It's not cool. Man, I felt I felt that way on the last tour we did because there was one night where just like the whole it was kind of like fascinating to watch. It was like the house crew tearing down this huge stage and it was like very fascinating to watch it all happen. But I was like, man, we're just fucking standing here. Like I can't like let's leave the room, you know? Like yeah. I, I, yeah, it, it, anyway. it is fine to go and have a beer, but just don't do yeah. it when a bunch of other people are standing there working their butts off. And, you know, you're yeah. not helping. It's just not a fair thing to do because it wouldn't feel good if you were doing the same thing, you know? So just be aware enough to sure. understand that. Yeah. And that's probably not a hard, um, fast rule. I mean, I'm sure there's some scenarios where that's fine, but just, you know, just be aware. Yeah. I would say also add in, say bye and say thank you to everyone who helped you. Oh, yeah. Load out and the audio team and all that and the production, the house manager and yeah. stage manager, all those people. You're going to yeah. run into them again. You're absolutely yeah. going to run into them again. So say thank you. You know, you know. The, the other day when I did that random festival where I was on this, you know, M32 for a day, I helped them take down the PA. You know, they're they're bringing bringing the PA down, and they clearly just needed an extra hand. So I was like, I got you. You know, grabbing the bottom of it, pulling it in, pulling out pins and stuff as it was coming down. Plus, it was a PA I had never yes. seen before. So I was like, I kind of want to understand how this thing goes up and comes down. So I was like, this yeah. is fun. Yeah. But you know, yeah, cool. it was nice to do that. And I walked out of that having a great relationship with that team. And I'm sure I'm going to run into them again because they're somewhat local to where I am. And, you know, it'll happen. It was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so post-show, uh, let's talk about end of the night. You know, w is there anything yeah. in particular you do here? Uh, is this a trick question? No, not really. I mean, it's just, you know, how do you close okay. out your night? Oh, how do I close out my night? Can go to sleep. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Check in. I check. I usually check in with the band at the end of the show. Th that know? to me is and the right answer. How everything went. Wasn't it? Wasn't a trick yeah. question. But I guess that's what I was hoping for. You know, make sure everyone yeah. is happy with how things went. And if they aren't, totally. literally take notes and make sure it doesn't happen tomorrow. Yes. Fix it tomorrow. Exactly. And and, yeah. and look, I'm going to say something offensive here. Even if you don't fix it Go tomorrow, the fact that you've taken notes makes someone feel like you really care, you know, mm. or the fact that you've asked it, all this stuff helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. People want to be heard and it could just be, you know, they, uh, your artist had a stressed day and that is part of how they kind of walked out of this feeling a certain way. And the next day, what they actually said at the end of yesterday really isn't actually relevant, but that's for you to kind of determine you know the truth and the needs in what they're asking for but no matter what yeah. ask them and if you're not you know if you're aware enough write it down because it can be helpful and even if it's yeah. not helpful it makes them feel good again that might yeah. sound offensive because it's like seems kind of fucked up to like write down something and then not do anything about it but but period you I, know sorry go ahead i mean i think a lot of this a lot of it just comes down to showing that you care about what's happening. A lot of the stuff we talked about today, like everything from like pre-planning to, you know, doing things that are like optimizing the day for everybody around you is all just like, I care about what is happening right now. Pretty much. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It comes down. Yeah. Down to a lot of the time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, take time to yourself. 
make sure you know you're fed make sure you've had water all those things make sure you're comfortable it's it's yeah. been a long day because you, and you're going to do it again right so yeah I, I don't know is there anything else to kind of poke at on this one like i feel like we actually just walked through a whole day in, in including prep. dude fuck it feels like you know, we talked about doing shorter podcast episodes. It's, it's never a while work. ago it's never with the work. questions, and I'm like, I'm looking at the clock right now. And I'm like, yeah, we did just talk through a whole day, and it feels like it's been a whole day. Yeah, I'm talking. mentally tired from talking through the day yeah. because my brain walked through the whole thing. You know, it's like reliving a whole fucking show, but without like getting to do the show itself. Um, yeah, you you didn't yeah, get the actual so. like energy of the show itself. Instead, no. you just had to listen to me Fuck. in your ear, and I had to listen to you. You know, damn it. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, oh. anyways um but it's fun ho- it's hopefully fun. It's fun either way. that as an yeah. overview of of some of these things that can make your day better and make you kind of work more efficiently with your time hopefully this is you know helpful um feel free to yeah, you know hopefully. message on you know the the facebook group or, or email or whatever if you had any questions about the things we did talk about or if you have your own yeah, thoughts and was, opinions on, on how some of these things should go. Go ahead, Brendan. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say if, if there was anything like more specific that we should have gotten into or like specific scenarios with any of these aspects of prepping or the day of like, and let us know. And mind you, this so is just, this is just Brendan and I kind of walking through a day. This is not the end all be yeah. all, you know, there's plenty of other ways to do yeah. this stuff, but As I said, you know, in this past week or so, I've had quite a few meetups with people and a few chats with people talking through, you know, their first tour or second tour. And I realized that a lot of these things are things that just don't get said out loud. And they're things that somehow took a long time for me to learn and understand. So hopefully this lets you kind of jump ahead and and just, you know, be a little bit, you know, uh, faster at figuring out these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, cool. Well, anything else you want to add at the end here? No, no. Just thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Thanks again. Bye. See you.